Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by now, on to the show. Lady, we have rebranded. Oh, I'm so excited to hear that. Yeah, we finally got our shit together with a lot of help and rebranded coffee and finally actually separated coffee from sips. So the two podcasts have their own sound. Coffee's got its notes. We're stepping up the professional game. Oh, that's really good. I'm happy to hear that, and thank you, because you're the one doing all the hard work with well, Eric. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I know Eric is doing the music content, mm-hmm. so our guitar player is Eric Trelevin, and um, he's do- he's the magnificent genius behind that. Yeah, he's figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so thank you for your part, too. Um, okay, you ready to jump into the show? I am. I'm not prepared with names, but we will figure it out. Do you, okay, do you want to... I'm going to still ask you, though, to create the names. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so the client is a female. Okay, I'm going to go with Esme. Esme is by telephone, and she asks me to give her some information in regards to her children. Hmm. And the guides are just absolutely lovely in this session. So her first child that they, well, they tell me that she has two, a male and a female, and that they're adults and that they have their own children. So this is not, just just to give people the idea of how old they are and Mm -hmm. stuff, right? And for me, it's to give the validation to her that I know 
who she's talking about, and some particulars about them. Mm-hmm. So would you like to give me the name of her son? Um, sure. I'm going to go with uh, George. Did you say Esri? Esme. Esme and George. So Esme um, just gives permission to go open around what I get around George, and the guides begin immediately by telling me that he's not speaking to his mom. Hmm. And that um, this has everything to do with the divorce from decades ago. Uh, like as in his parents' His divorce? parents' divorce. Oh, okay. So I said, well, could you fill me in? I don't understand. And the guide said, absolutely. When Esme and her husband at that time, his dad, um, were divorcing, he wanted to completely control the children and he wanted to hurt his ex-wife. This is complete narcissism. Um, it's not that his ex-wife deserved any of this. She did not. But he set about it to destroy the relationship so that not only if you're going to refuse me and, and you're kicking me out, then I'm going to make sure that I turn these kids against you so that, yeah, you're going to lose me. Well, I'm going to make sure that you lose our children and you're left all alone and miserable. You have no business being a parent if this is your perspective. Exactly. And he has no business being a partner to anybody. No. So the guide said what he did then was he did things like he bought a home on the lake so that the children would have their own bedrooms, so that they would have a boat and, a, and what do you call them, sea-doos? Mm-hmm. Skidoos in the, in the summer t- uh, wintertime, sea-doos in the summer, that they would have a swing set at that appropriate age. As they aged, they'd have all the appropriate toys to make them so happy, so busy, that they wouldn't want to even have a sleepover at their mom's. And what he did was... On the nights at the very beginning, when they were young, when they did go to stay at their mom's, he made sure that he had bonfires and that he had a party and that he, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. that that when they come back from their mom's and they say, "Um, you know, how are you or, you know, how how are you doing dad or just anything, that he makes sure, oh, I'm great. I had three bonfires this week. I had, and he lists. Right, so he's creating FOMO in the children. Yes. He lists things on purpose, and they don't ever really know if he really did have three bonfires. Good point. He might have had one the night before they came, and so he realizes, oh my God, I have to have ashes in the pit because they're going to catch on if I don't have the ashes in the pit. So he does things intentionally around his home, like he will take the sea dew out and have it out as opposed to in the boathouse. Even if he doesn't ride it, he just parks it on the opposite side so that when the kids come and they see it out, they assume. So he does all of these things to create a rift between Esme and George and her daughter. And he, do- he does this for decades. And as they age, he just ups the ante. 
And and this gets expensive, right? Because yeah. you well know, Kelly, as we age, <laughs> we go from wanting a board game to wanting the Sea-Doo. We don't want dad's. We want our own. Mm-hmm. So now dad has to come across and he has to say, well, I'll buy you one, George. Or I won't buy you one if you're going to go spend time and do this. But he also makes sure, Kelly, that he badmouths her. He trivializes her. He undermines her. He does all these little criticisms. He, t- he says things about her or with he withholds truthful information about her, which is equally as important. When they say things like, Dad, do you think Mom misses us when we're here with you all the time? Oh, no, no, she keeps busy. She's got lots of things to do. Like So he will, he will say things that aren't always seen as negative. He tries to say, oh, she's busy. She's creating a life of her, of her own. I'm sure she's happy. And he tries to make it look like, well, these kids can't really go to the school and say that I'm being abusive because how can you really call that abuse? called psychological abuse. Yeah. It sure as shit is. And and so he knows what he's doing. He just doesn't know it's called psychological abuse. Right. But he knows exactly what he's doing. So all of this information comes through and I relay all this to Esme. And she says, I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am that the guides chose to say this today. Mm. Because I have wondered a million times if my children came to hate me simply because I didn't have as much money as him, Mm -hmm. simply because I live in a townhouse in the city, not on a lake with boats and machines. Um, I I can't give them what he gives them. I don't make the same income, and I don't live that style. And likely doesn't talk about him the way he talks about her. Yeah. So she says, I've never understood other than to believe of myself that I have never been enough for my children. Mm. That is heartbreaking. It is. It is. And, and I, I, I imagine that listeners right now are hearing anger in my voice and in my tone because of the anger I feel towards him. And I know in this session that I really have to pull my shit together. I know that when the guys explain all of this, that the human me just wants to express that, but that's not the job. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm supposed to do. Unless they tell you it is. Right. And I don't get permission to. So Esme gets to hear that the things that she has suspected that she has felt intuitively are correct. And so I hear very simply from her, thank you. I appreciate knowing that my intuition has been correct. Mm -hmm. And I I really, I want to point out that this is intuition because so many people think intuitiveness is what you and I do to talk to dead people or get medical information or psychic future. And they don't think our intuition is for the everyday stuff for everyday people. And I'm not saying we're not everyday people. I'm saying other people think that of us sometimes. And so that they don't understand that the whole scope of what intuition really is. 
Mm-hmm. And here she is using hers in the best way possible, and then finally getting the validation from her own spirit guides that her intuitiveness has been correct. That's big right there. Mm-hmm. So we had a moment. And then she said, um, could you tell me if my relationship with George will get better? So that's, that's part two. So this is going to be difficult for George because he's only lived with his dad. He's only ever believed the things his dad has told him. He doesn't go to therapy. He doesn't talk to people around where his dad's inconsistencies are. He eventually catches his dad doing certain things that he did to them when they were kids, like take the sea-dew out of the boathouse and put it on the other side for when his sister's coming over, but then kind of look at it and think, okay, he hasn't been out on it. And then when his sister says, oh, dad, you were out on the sea this morning, he just says it was a beautiful morning. Oh, he is calculated. Yeah. And so George looks at his dad like, what? She, she wait a minute. <laughs> my, my sister just asked you if you had been out on the sea-doo and you didn't answer her. But you made a statement that was just a statement of truth. It is a beautiful morning. That led her to believe the answer was yes. Yes. So George starts to see the little things that his dad has been doing. And then in his own time, will sit back and go, well, if he's doing that to her and he's done that today, then did he say those things to us when we were smaller? So does that mean that when we were kids, that he actually hadn't gone out three times on the sea-doo the week that we were at mom's? Did he take the sea-doo out and park it on that side? And when we made our assumptions and we asked him, and he said whatever he said to us back then, did he not really answer the question? And here's the thing. He can't remember. Of course, because he's... He's spent his life filling in the blanks. Gold. (laughs) What you just said is gold. And so George is just coming to understand that kind of life that he's led. And that this is what he and his sister have been living. And all of the assumptions his dad has allowed them to make about him in his favor... And then one day it dawns on him, oh my God, this led to the assumptions we made that mom didn't love us, that mom was happier without us being there, that she was getting a break, that dad was giving her an opportunity to create her own life by taking care of us for her. When in fact, we have never had an opportunity to ask mom And to hear from her own lips, her perspective of this divorce and her perspective of what it means to be a parent to my sister and I, we actually never gave mom an opportunity for voice, Mm -hmm. for her feelings, for her needs, nothing. All because we made the assumption that dad used his voice to be her voice for us. Yeah, I... mm -hmm. 
I just want to correct for listeners. Go because ahead. Because I know you know. All because we were gaslit. Yes. And I know, you know, you put it in the words of all because we made our own assumptions, but they're children. They weren't corrected. They were gaslit. So if you have any experience like this, then you have to understand this isn't about self-blame. Yeah. This is about George really, truly discovering an unhealthy pattern that was occurring that was enabled by the gaslighting. Yeah. Thank you. So she then just stopped. When I explained all of that to her, she said, could we switch now and go to my daughter? So go ahead. What would you like to name her daughter? I will do Daisy. So when I asked the spirit guides about Daisy, her guides came forward and said, we need to let you know that Daisy's in therapy. Daisy is figuring this out. Daisy is putting all the pieces together. She's doing it with the help of a therapist. Her brother, George, is doing it all on his own, Mm -hmm. but they're doing it at the same time, just in two different ways, but they're both getting there. And are they talking to each other? No. Mm. So, (laughs) but here's the deal. This is so, I just find this family so interesting. Daisy has reached out to her mother Mm. because of the therapist. So I said, oh, I said, you have a little bit of a different relationship and there's a little bit of an opening here with Daisy. She's actually approached you and told you that she's in therapy and that she would actually like to come back and talk to you. And she said, yes, that's correct. And I said, Daisy's also coming forth with protocols and procedures from the therapist. This therapist is saying, this is how you ask your mom a question. Because if you ask your mom a question in a way where she has to defend yourself, herself, she, you may not choose to listen because your dad's voice is in the background saying, but this, but this, but this. But if you word the question in this healthy way, and I'm going to script it and give it to you, then when your mom goes to answer, you're going to be in, a, in, a, in an emotional place and in an intellectual place to be able to actually listen to your mom. So she goes to her mom's with a notebook. Cool. I freaking love it. And she goes, that is spot on. And I said, and she also shows up with a voice recorder and she asks you for permission to voice record because she wants to go back and really listen to what you say. And she goes, oh my God, Karen, that was my question about my daughter. What the hell is she writing in the notebook? (laughs) Oh, good job. Yes. So I said, well, I said, she's actually writing what you say on one side of the page and what she thinks you're saying on the other side. And then she goes back to the therapist to say, this is what my mom said. And she has to write it word for word. That's why the voice recorder. And then on the other other side of the page, she has to write what her interpretation was of the conversation. And the therapist sits there and says to her, now, do you see where you're listening to your mother and where you're not? I love this show. Yeah, (laughs) me too. I hope this hits people in every way it needs to. I'll just say it that way. Yeah. So the therapist, I I love this therapist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Can I get that name? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The tools that she's giving her, the process that she's giving her. So her daughter, Daisy, shows up and says, okay, ma, and And she does call her Ma, by the way. So that was just a little thing that the guides threw in in the channeling. I really wasn't expecting, but she just loved getting. Okay, Ma, 
So um, I, I want to ask you a question. And so she'll take out her journal and she'll read it. And so mom, Esme, has been very nervous about this journal and these questions. She's been very much like, I feel like I'm under fire from this therapist. And I said, no, it's not under fire where she's trying to hang you out to dry like your ex-husband did. This therapist is trying to build communication back for you and your daughter. And oh my word, Kelly, you could hear the sigh of relief followed by the bawling and the tears. Mm-hmm. Because somebody finally, or pardon me, I was going to say found her daughter, but that's not true. Her daughter finally went out and sought a person who was healthy enough to help her figure out her dad's level of healthy, unhealthy, and then recognize what her dad had done and be able to say to, to, to Daisy, when you're ready to go back to your mom, we're going to give you the questions so that you can approach this in a way that your mother doesn't feel defensive. Mm-hmm. because your mother will be defensive because she has no idea what's coming at her. So if you walk in and you say, why didn't you love me? Why didn't you fight for me? What? When in fact your father went to war against her and used you, then you are never going to be able to reach your mother. And not because she doesn't care or want to. She has the desire. She has the love. She's been waiting decades. You will be the one that blows it as the daughter. And just how fucking terrible that now all this pressure is on the adult daughter who for her entire life, presumably, has believed that she has not been loved by her mother. Yeah. And the pressure is, you don't fuck this up because the dad fucked things so hard. Yep. But I want to say it because that's exactly how it can happen. And I I do appreciate that you're saying how gross it is, how unfair it is for her. That's correct. But I'm so happy to hear that Daisy steps into a good therapist's office, a Mm -hmm. healthy therapist's office, and a qualified one to actually get those tools to approach her mom. Mm -hmm. So the guides came through and this was the next message. Esme, you need a therapist. Good. And she was like, what, what? And, and, you know, she's crying and she's like, why would you mean I need a therapist? And I said, (laughs) Esme. I think that's ironic that you're asking that question while you're crying. Yeah. What do you mean? Maybe for that. (laughs) What do you mean I need a therapist? And I said, okay, Esme, I'm going to keep channeling. I know you're crying. I know you're upset. May I have permission to continue while you're crying? so that we can get everything loaded into one hour for you as best I can. And so she consented. And I said, do you have a voice recorder? And she goes, I do. And I said, are you recording? And she goes, no. And I said, press record. So she did. And I said, this part is fundamental for you to hear. Daisy is working her ass off. Because she's had a dysfunctional parent raise her. Mm -hmm. When the healthiest parent got kicked out by the court system and got kicked out by the ex-dad who weaponized the court system. Ex-husband. Ex-husband, excuse me, who weaponized the court system against the healthy parent Mm -hmm. and won. You are now going to need a therapist to help you recover from the pain of that. 
but you also need a therapist to help you, much like Daisy, figure all of this out so that you have your person to talk to after Daisy's come and asked you the questions. Yeah, this reminds me, I don't know that I'm going to have the proper terminology, so I do apologize, but when when you live abroad for so long, and you, I believe you end up being called an expatriate, where you have to repatriatize oh, when yeah. you come back to your country, like you need individuals or a team who can help you uh, acclimatize to all of that. Yeah. And so if she is walking back into a potential relationship, it's good to have someone there to help you go through that, how to, how to process it. I can't even imagine the amount of shame you might feel as a parent when your adult child reveals their personality and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Aren't you supposed to know it better than everybody? Your mom. You weren't there for this. And it wasn't your fault. It was a court system. It was a narcissistic, sociopathic ex-husband. This is not on you. You do not need to go into shame. But let's give you the tools to communicate with your daughter so that you can enjoy getting to know her. And give her the tools to be able to stay in that space. The guide said, Esme, we're telling you that your next course of action to be healthy for yourself and for your daughter and for the son that's coming back shortly is that you all get into therapy. Mm. That all three of you have three separate therapists. And then when the therapists say it's time, because it could be time for each of them in pairs to go to each other's therapist together, and then eventually all three of them to one therapist, that that would have to be decided by those therapists to say each of you is ready to have those meetings. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of the session, a plan of action for love. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well done. Oh, my God, Kelly. Um, I just remember going on my walk after that in the evening and listening to every bird sing. <laughs> I'm surprised we don't, like, we the neighbors, the we the onlookers, don't catch you skipping on your walk. I can't even begin to tell you how many times. I, never mind skipping. It's not so much about all the skipping. I want to dance on those walks. Mm-hmm. I want to walk down the street, <laughs> do my movements, and oh, I wait till I get home and I hit the kitchen floor. <laughs> I dance there. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. It was a, a happy Saturday morning, mm-hmm. a hopeful Saturday morning. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.